I'm Jamie O'Kane, CPA, Small Business Advanced Tax Planning and Compliance Extraordinaire. And this is the Abundant Beans Podcast, the podcast that takes my love for learning what makes people tick while digging into the good, bad, and ugly of small business ownership. We strive to give you the insight that only those in the trenches of being and working with entrepreneurs can provide. All right. Today on the podcast, we have Cheryl McKenna. Cheryl is the daughter of a serial entrepreneur who watched her parents struggle, not all days, but certainly some of the days as business owners to generate and retain profit. Being a business owner is not for the faint of heart. That's very true. Cheryl was able to combine her family history and her career in merchant services to give business owners a better chance at success by helping them retain more of the revenue they generate. As a director of new business at Merchant Advocate, advocate she and her team will evaluate your merchant services program to find revenue links welcome thank you that was a mouthful that i gave you yeah it's all right it always is and i don't read well out loud i'm getting a little better but usually there's like especially when i talk usually talk to like veterinarians and stuff like there's like all these you know like all these things and specialties and acronyms. And I'm always just like, I don't know what any of this means. I can't keep up my, with my own industry's acronyms. <laughs> right. right. Um, so Cheryl, what was your first job? My first job was actually, my first job that I got paid for mm-hmm. um, was my father owned a, sub shop it was called harvey's heroes in austin texas on the drag and the drag is i love it like the the area by the university right where the Mm -hmm. and so my first paid job was to pick up the chairs put them on the table and then vacuum the floor and then when i was done vacuuming take the chairs off and put them back on the floor, make sure they were all nice and neat and arranged. And my pay was quarters to play the Pac-Man video game machine, which kind of shows my age. It was one of the first, I think it was the first, like the original Pac-Man. So that was in 1979, 1979, 1980, maybe. Yeah, that was my first paid job. I love it. Growing up in family business I feel like you just learn to work at an early age yeah I think that's true I keep trying to get my kids to shred stuff yeah my son shreds yes shred please um and I keep being like it's worth a hundred bucks that whole thing is worth a hundred bucks to me whoever wants it and they're like it's so much work and I'm like it's so much work but I didn't tell you I had to shred it by hand you just have to figure out how to get it shredded yeah, hundred bucks. I might come and do your shredding for hundred bucks. You're welcome to. Um, <laughs> yeah. So give us the cliff notes on your career journey. Well, okay. So I graduated from CU Boulder with a degree that you cannot use in the real world if you want to make any money. And my degree is international affairs with an emphasis on Latin America. And then I double minored in economics and women's studies. So, okay. Minus Not Spanish? In like English lit. I, I know Spanish pretty okay. well. I really do. That was, I, I, I suppose that's like the one skill. And also when I went to university, I feel like they still taught critical thinking. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Um, but 
I needed a job. And my best friend, she graduated a year ahead of me. So she was already out in the real world working. And her the company she worked for was hiring. So I said, well, what do they do? She said, merchant services. And I said, what is that? I had no idea. And I have been in the merchant services industry ever since. Now, the thing about merchant services and why I am so passionate about passionate about merchant advocate and what we do mm -hmm. in merchant advocate is that it's an unregulated industry mm -hmm. and the ethics not of everyone mm -hmm. but i would say the majority of the players in the game have questionable ethics there's a lot of money to be made in the mm -hmm. industry um, and it's very competitive so consequently i feel like they have to get kind of sneaky with how they charge mm -hmm. right so about, I think, nine years ago now, I was working for this group. I'm not going to say the name for sure. But I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I, like my father owned businesses. I know mm -hmm. how hard it was to generate revenue. In the first place, right, you have to generate revenue. Mm -hmm. In the second place, you have to keep enough to have an actual profit. Like, okay, in your world, right? That's the whole P&L deal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you need more yep. P, then you have L. Mm -hmm. So I just couldn't stand it anymore. And I was going to, I was going to quit my job. I was going to go to graduate school. I didn't know what I was going to, I was just, I was going to get some sort of degree. Hopefully not like continue down the international affairs emphasis, Latin America things. I'm not quite sure what you could do with that to actually have a real job. But I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to abandon this that I've been doing for mm -hmm. 14, 15 years. And then lo and behold, oh, the CEO of Merchant Advocate, my phone rings and I pick it up and it's the CEO of Merchant Advocate because he has just signed this client for expense reduction that I happen to be supporting at that point in time. And somehow he got my direct line and we started talking and um, I said, wait, what company did you say that you're with again? He's like, well, I'm the CEO. I'm like, yeah, what company? And he said, Merchant Advocate. And I said, I emailed you like five, six months ago. And I let you know that I wanted to work for you and all this experience that I had in the industry. And nobody even emailed me back. <laughs> and he was like, do you want a job? I'm like, I do. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> there you are. That's how I ended up. Huh. I, am I love today. it. I love it. I feel like. People, you know, I always, you know, obviously we talk to business owners all the time. We're looking at our expenses, you know, we're trying to understand, you know, what's an important expense, what's not, and all of that. I have to tell, I always tell people though, like, I am not your CPA who's like going through your PL with a calm and making sure that every little thing that's in your PL, like, is an expense that's important to you because I'm just not that person. I'm like, go make more money. And I don't like, and I'm also like not anti debt. Like, it all has a purpose and it all has a reason and we need to generally like spend money to make money. Debt. But I know there is good debt. Yeah, there's good debt. Right. Um, and so sorry, Dave Ramsey, there <laughs> is good debt. We don't, we don't apologize to Dave Ramsey over here. Cause we don't care <laughs> oh what he gosh, thinks. Thank you so much. I so appreciate it. <laughs> I'm not even going to get, I'm going to get me started. 
But I think people don't understand what they're paying for with merchant services. And so I kind of want to start there because you've been, you've been there and you've, you know, you understand like what people are paying for and why it's an important thing to pay for, but also to make sure that you're getting the proper services out of that. Right. So there's a lot of things that business owners pay for. They're not really sure why they pay for it. And I think that's, Mm -hmm. that's always a good conversation to have. And because you're an expert and you've been in all the, on the back end of all of it, and also now help people reduce their rates. Why do people pay for merchant services? Why is it important to have that, those fees, those fee structures? Um, and what, are, what should they be getting with those fee structures? Well, first of all, you it's credit card payments are just the way of the world right now. So, I mean, I do carry around cash. Uh, I mainly carry it around in case uh, my child needs some cash. Or like if I'm traveling um, for tips or mm-hmm. maybe if I go to a garage sale. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I don't carry enough cash in my wallet to, I certainly don't carry enough cash. I mean, I just went to the vet the other day. It was $59. I'm not paying for that in cash. I, I paid it with my debit card. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much everything that we pay for is via credit card. And, and then think of all the online commerce that Mm -hmm. is transacting every day that's Mm -hmm. all credit card based so you have to accept credit card payments in order to actually probably have enough customers to keep your business afloat i don't think you could even run a cash business do you i i don't think so and i'm always of the make it as easy as possible for people to pay you yeah like if you're gonna somebody posted i'm always in these i'm in all these accounting forums right and this, this guy was like, yeah, so one of my clients has a $30,000 coaching offer and she doesn't want to pay like the credit card fees on it. So how do we get people to pay her? I was like, you're offering a $30,000 coaching offer, but you won't let people like use her credit card. I, I would, I, I just, that alone would make me question um, how much value I'm really going to receive. I was like, I'm like, I hope she's not doing business coaching. Right. I went to sign up for a business coaching situation that was extremely expensive. And I went to put it on a credit card and they wanted to charge me a credit card fee, a processing fee. And I was like, and I'm out. Yeah. So that, that really puts a bad taste in people's mouths. And that's Mm -hmm. the new thing. That's like the new thing. There's so many new things all the time. Like I said, merchant services is very, um, it's very competitive. Mm -hmm. So they're always trying to come up with ways to, you know, have something new and exciting. Cause the Mm -hmm. other thing is business owners get inundated with people calling with people Mm -hmm. stopping by the practice or the clinic or the hospital or whatever, and trying to get them to switch. So the new thing is we can cut your bill for merchant services down to $0 or like a hundred dollars or whatever. And what I always tell, because uh, I, I work with primarily um, dentists and veterinarians. And yeah. so what I tell my clients is that's going to put a bad taste in people's mouths. You're not a food truck. Mm-hmm. Like there are certain instances where I feel like you can pass on the credit card fee, mm-hmm. but I would never do that if I was a veterinarian. Um, and not only that, it's illegal in many states. Yeah, exactly. Including Colorado. Mm-hmm. 
I've had to, I've had business owners try to charge me a fee here in Colorado and be like, um, that's illegal. Yeah. You can't do that. So you, and you have to word it all these ridiculous ways and you have to, you know, yeah. it can't be a fee for a credit card. It has to be a cash discount. You have to have the right signage. You have to have the right thing. Anyways, just don't do it. I think mm-hmm. what we should do is we should take that idea, pretend that idea is a piece of paper and we're just going to go. <laughs> we're going to light it on fire for those listening. <laughs> Been back there and yeah. I made it by the way. Yeah, always over your shoulder. It was an older over the shoulder one, but I heard the swish. So, anyways, <laughs> that's what we're gonna do with that idea. We're not doing that because it makes you it honestly it makes you seem cheap and that you don't know how to run your business. Anytime anybody tries to charge me a credit card fee, I'm like, do you not know how to run a business? Like, yeah. do you not know how to price your services? How so, can I help you with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How pricing your services and also let's make sure that every item is the most efficient that it can be mm-hmm. right on your financials. So what I would tell people to do that listen to this podcast is just go and find a merchant statement. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now it either gets mailed to you or mm-hmm. there's a portal. Your processor mm-hmm. has a portal. So pull out the most recent statement. Your July statement is definitely available because it's the end of August and just look at the acronyms. And then try and figure out if you understand what those are. So there's about 800. I mean, I have one right here. It's pages and pages long and has things like EIRF space D, CMP space PP, LVL2 space B2. Right. So... So there's a whole list of services that they're charging you for, right? Um, so like, and that make up that rate generally, right? Like whatever your rate is. Um, so what are those services? Like, what is the, what are they providing for those services though? So like they're providing the ability for you to accept any kind of credit card, right? right. So that one that I read that was EIRF is a hand keyed credit card with no zip code. Mm. The LVL2 B2 is a level two business card. Mm-hmm. So every single one of those will tell someone who knows how to read the statement mm-hmm. exactly what type of credit card the business is taking, how they accepted it. Is it chipped? Mm-hmm. Is it swipe? Is it key? Mm-hmm. Um, and how it's qualifying, like what ca- cost category does it fall under? And every single one of those cost categories is published. Mm-hmm. So someone who can decode a statement can actually figure out is your processor overcharging you? Mm-hmm. Are there is there a team member doing something that they shouldn't be doing when they're entering in a transaction? Mm-hmm. Is your software to run your practice, your clinic, your hospital, your whatever, if it's integrated with your merchant service provider, are the two communicating mm-hmm. correctly? Yeah. So there's so many areas where you can go through and make that the most efficient financially as, as you possibly can by just knowing how to drive those rates down. Does that make sense? It does. Um, but why is it important to use a merchant service and not like just Venmo or PayPal friends and family? Oh, well, that's because- what it is. like, I think that's what I'm trying to get at is like, why is this an important fee to be paying? Like, why is having a service provider an important piece okay. of like running your business? So I can give you an example of something that actually just happened about 25 minutes before I got on this podcast. Right. So 
I can, I think of like PayPal, Venmo, they're there for if you want to sell something on like Facebook marketplace or they're really, they're not business quality. Or send a friend, you know, half of your dinner. Like, or, okay, like my neighbors and I do this all the time. I'm running to Costco. Do you need anything? Yes. Right. Will you pick me up a jar of collagen? Right. It's 30 right. bucks. Or the, you know, the it's, it's always the room parent, although they finally figure this out, but they're like, leave a check at the front desk. I'm like, do you have Venmo, PayPal, Cash App? I don't care what it is. There's not going to be a check. Yes. There's no, there's no paper check. That's the purpose of those yes. type of payment platforms. Or like when I stop by the farm stand. Mm-hmm. And I get corn for everybody. And right. it's like, oh, it's four bucks. Like, yeah. whatever. We just. Right. But if you send money via Venmo or you receive money via Venmo, you don't have any protections on did that no. money go to the right place? Um, what if it needs to be refunded? Well, and that's um, the other thing. I mean, the IRS is not going to look kindly on. So processors are required to. Um, now, OK, this is a good question for you because they always get it confused. So they have to provide a W-9. No, it's a ten, no so the processor sent a 1099-K uh-huh. with, um, with all the merchant services or the, all the revenue that went through the merchant services for the year. Yeah. Um, it was 20. It was like the threshold was 20 grand or a certain num- number of transactions um, but many of them are just doing everything now. And I think there's a new law that went literally, there's been six different sets of legislation in the last year. I yeah. think in one of those sets, they put that threshold much lower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, obviously I'm you should be sure clearing all your income. Get that out of Venmo or, or anything that's really accurate. Right. Yeah. I mean, we can get reporting out of Venmo, but like paying through or receiving your dollars through Venmo doesn't, doesn't ever like. Like, what if somebody does a chargeback or needs their money back? Or, like, who's behind you if that happens, right? right? Well, yeah. So, interestingly enough, you mentioned chargebacks. So, that's one of the things. Growing up in, you know, my career, I grew up in the merchant services Mm -hmm. industry. But one of the the, um, uh, departments I was in for a while is chargebacks. Mm -hmm. So, I'm actually starting to consult with this company specifically because they have chargeback issues and I'm Mm. like one of the only people who can even ask them questions such as well what are your chargeback reason codes because we need to look it up and figure out what your representment options are anyways Mm -hmm. so so merchant services is complicated but what I wanted to touch on which just happened 25 minutes before this is um, I have a company that's um, doing some, some marketing work for me and the first time I paid her via PayPal and this time she, she finished a project and she said, Oh my gosh, I was having a nightmare with PayPal. So she was, people were paying her by PayPal, but then for her to get the money, there was a problem because you have to ask for it to be transferred. Right. It just mm-hmm. sits in this, mm-hmm. I don't know, like holding area until you request it to be transferred to your bank account. Well, that little button widget, whatever, broke and so the money was just like piling up but she couldn't get to right and guess what guess who she was able to talk to to fix that situation right (laughs) no one no one right because there's nobody on that side right 
Um, was she using the? Don't even know. Was she using business? No idea what the right is doing. Was she using business PayPal or was she using friends and family PayPal? I don't know. Yeah. So I always tell people like trying to go around the fees <laughs> is going to put you in a bad situation at yeah. some point. Yeah. Either with not counting the money correctly. Um, getting charged back or somebody coming after I mean, coming after you with no recourse. Owned by Visa? Visa, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so, there now. Cash App is too. Yeah. Oh, no, Cash App is owned by Square. I just found that up the other day. Yeah. I have, I have friends that work at Visa, like literally like right here. It's really right like there. Um, it really is. It's very close to us. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a lot of merchant services. Like First Data has a huge center right by us. Oh, and my, my, my stop about me used to work at First Data. Um, I uh, applied for jobs at first data. Um, so you need a real merchant services. Like yes. you need a real house. Like you don't, live, you don't want to live in a cardboard box. Like that's mm -hmm. not what we aspire to. Right. We need wood and and you, you, you need a business class way to accept mm -hmm. revenue. You right. And then you have a team of revenue. And then you have services behind you if something happens to those Absolutely. processes and things like that. Like it costs money to move money, right? So it's an important service that you need, but also it's okay to be a part, like to make that as efficient as possible, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if you're going to charge 30 grand for a coaching program, you probably want people to pay in a way that they can't just take their money back without you without any recourse yeah and they're gonna want to and you, the people who are paying thirty thousand dollars i guarantee you they want it on their rewards card or if right. they're a business coach they need to pay for it on their corporate card right like but see like i'm always just like i don't care how i pay for it right it's not on me right and, and if anybody tries to tell me like how to pay for something i'm just like no I'm adult. I will decide how many points I want or which card makes the most sense or which card has the ability to handle that. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you're a dentist or you're a veterinarian and you really, how many, how often do you people come into your hospital and really it's not really a planned expense and they might not have it in their bank account. Well, they get to choose, right. They get to choose if they're going to put it on a credit card or, I mean, in our case, we put everything on a credit card and just pay it off every month. That's exactly you know, I think a right. lot of people do that now. I never have cash. I am so far behind. I'm paying my kids their allowances that we actually got a green light situation because we can, we never have cash. Yeah. Like they now have their own little debit cards because we never have cash to give them. Yeah. I mean, that's a good idea. I've actually looked into green light because I feel like it would be a very good lesson. My daughter is 13. Because mm -hmm. sometimes I feel like they just think, oh, well, it's just this piece of plastic that you hand over. You get to buy whatever you want. No. My daughter got her card. The next day I had her grandmother take her to Target and she overcharged on the card. And I was like, this is so fun. <laughs> Like, you're learning things. Valuable life lesson. But yeah, I think you brought up a really good point, especially, you know, with veterinarians. Um, you, there are plenty of times when there's an emergency situation. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't give the option to pay by credit card, I mean, think how terrible that could be for the family. 
So well, and that's just it. They might tell you no then, and then the animal doesn't get its care. Like, do you ever want to be in that situation? Like, I'm always the person that's just like, have everyone pay me. I don't care. You know, although don't send me a check because I never go to the post office. Like ACH, please. I don't want your checks sitting in the mail and people stealing your cart, your numbers. And no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so hold on. We totally went down a rabbit hole. I told you it was going to happen. Um, I feel like we're good at the rabbit hole thing. I know. I knew we would be. So what is, so it's important. So we've established it's important. We have established that letting people pay the way they want to pay is super important especially to running a business, like don't dictate how your people pay you. Like if you can't cover the fees, you need to raise your prices. You need to figure out how to charge better. Um, you know, that's a price problem, not a merchant fee problem. Um, so what is an optimal rate or, you know, how do you negotiate with your credit card processor? Um, and how, how is a merchant advocate able to get you know, to do that when people, you know, when a lot of the time, if we call, they're like, no, no, thank you. <laughs> well, I think what it is, is it's just knowledge, right? So yeah. anyone can do a better job, the more knowledge they have with something, mm-hmm. as long as they apply that knowledge, right? Because you can mm-hmm. have knowledge, but then you have to apply the knowledge, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I sound like a mom here, but um, we know what every single one of those weirdo acronyms means on the state. Mm-hmm. So we can go and we know what all the published costs are. So we can go through and see exactly which ones are being charged, like which categories are being charged too much. And we can see where maybe the team is doing something or a certain member of the team is doing something that's causing the practice to overpay for different card types. But it's it's just really about I'm sorry. I love looking at merchant services statements. It's like so exciting. <laughs> Look, I like I, I love looking at tax returns. It's okay. We can all be nerds about things yeah. that other people find like extremely boring. Yeah. Because otherwise, like if there weren't people like you and me in this world, or if we were all like people like you and me. Be, but we're uh, still fun though, James. We're still fun, but it's like we would just talk about tax returns all day long. Like, that's not fun for really, that wouldn't be fun for me in the long term. Yeah, I agree. agree. But I mean, an optimal rate. So the lowest rate that I've ever gotten someone to, and I say I, but it's not me Mm -hmm. because uh, we have a, we have negotiators at Merchant Advocate that Mm -hmm. handle that. They're, they really, I mean, talk about knowing those 800 acronyms by heart and exactly what it means. Like that's, that's what they do. They're Mm -hmm. really good at that. But, um. The lowest effective rate, so all in, right? You've mm-hmm. got to take your percentage, your transaction fee, your NABU fee, your monthly fee, or blah, 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 all yes, fees, all the fees, smush them all together, and then divide that total by the volume, the total volume that went through that month to get what I call the effective rate. Mm-hmm. And the, the best I've ever gotten someone to is 1.51. So that's awesome. Um, But then there was someone that I was working with the other day, and it it was really good for what they were doing, their average ticket, their industry type, their volume. Mm -hmm. They got to 2.65. They got to 2.65. So every business is a unique puzzle. And what I love is when people come with their box of puzzle pieces and Mm -hmm. they just go, 
and they all fall out on the table and then I just start looking at them and I'm like okay you and I are a little like I'm like give me your tax puzzles give me your goals and we'll see what we can do and see if we can create a different picture more than one way to mm-hmm. arrange them a lot of times which is interesting Same. too right so that's yeah unlike a puzzle where it's like that's the only way it's going to fit together. There's one way. There's more than one way. So, yeah. yeah. Optimal rate. Eh. If you're paying over 2.5% as a veterinarian, it's probably too much, but not always. Yeah. I think when you and I talked, I was like, this is interesting. And I went and I did mine. And it was like a little less than 3%. And we're like, ah, that's good. Close enough. Good enough. <laughs> I don't have any control over ours because it goes through another system. So it's like I would have to talk to the people to the people, and it's like probably not even worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, Never know, though. Yeah, I think I can for, look at that statement. Maybe no I don't even know if I can get a statement. Zero dollars to. Live. I have to figure it out because it goes through our proposal system, and a proposal system handles all of our recurring services. Yeah, yeah. So it probably and is like all lumped together. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Well. I'm sure I could like go in and figure out how to pull a statement. Um, but it's just for me, a lot of the time, it's like, what's the convenience of not dealing with it at all? Because all the recurring happens and I don't have to run anything. Um, that's always more valuable to me than whatever, usually like whatever the rate is. Like if I don't even have to touch it ever or worry about it. Yeah. Rec- worth it to me. Billing is awesome. So I just, um, I was introduced to a large equine practice and their merchant services, like, so they have multiple locations, obviously Mm -hmm. then people come in or not, not so much with equine. Sorry. (laughs) They go there. Yeah, they go there. (laughs) Anywho. Um, but then they also, so that, that part of their merchant services was totally fine. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but they have about 800 clients every single month that they bill, but not the same amount every month. Mm. And they used to have this really nifty upload where they were not uploading credit card numbers. No way the the credit card numbers were already like stuck in the secure vault with the processor, but they would upload these unique customer IDs on a spreadsheet. And then the amount that that customer needed to be charged every month. And then the system would just, poof, it would charge everybody and it would send an email. Well, their processor took that away about a year ago. And I was introduced to them to look at their statements and just, okay, the puzzle. So their statements, like their rate is really good for all the regular, you know, clinic business. Mm -hmm. But they didn't have an option for these. It's so 800 they're doing every month oh my god so poor emily, hours and hours of work yes yeah. so poor emily has stuck with his task right so that was something i did i i mean i've been in merchant services for a really long time so i know a lot of people and i found them a company that they can do that with awesome so you know i mean know, what is the point of recurring and having the thing if like you have to go in and do it manually there is no point and like that, like I said, like it goes through a proposal system. It's it's of the recurring. I don't even literally have to think about it. Yeah, nor should like, you. and it sends reminders if the credit card is about to expire or something's wrong. It sends it to the it sends it to the client. Like before we had to, 
tell the client that their card is expired and try to get another form. And then also I've got all these credit cards stored in our files, which does not, I'm all about security. When I had this conversation earlier, you're like, I can't send you an attachment. I'm like, I know for a reason. Um, But then I'm like, I'm just like, you know, as the least amount of crap here that like is sensitive information, the better we already deal in sensitive information. I don't need people's credit card stuff stuff on file. Like that's not necessary anymore. Nor do I want it. No, absolutely not. So that's awesome. So um, I think, you know, so we're looking for an optimal rate. We don't know what that really looks like, but it's kind of in that two to three rate, three, two to 3% maybe. Yeah. Um, what is the easiest? And I think you taught you, um, you touched on this, but you know, what is the easiest way to just kind of figure out your rate? So what I did is I just took my total fees for one month and divided it by my revenue just to That's see. It. That's it. And then, and then, you know, and then you can say, you know what, kind of outside of that realm we were just talking about, you know, maybe we could do better. Um, you know, and a lot of the time, with our veterinary and our dental, it's kind of tied into their CRM. It's t- it's tied into their customer relationship management or their point of sale system. So Merge Advocate really works to get them the best rate in their current system, right? Yeah, no switching. Yeah. Like That's you're cool. like, yeah. So you know that saying only fix what's broken? Right. That's what we do. We only fix what's broken. So it could be just the rate. It could be a data entry issue. It could be a communication issue. Mm-hmm. But everything else we leave alone. And generally, the only way to save money uh, was to switch processors. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about Merge Advocate. Honestly, it's a much easier project for everyone involved, including me, mm-hmm. if you don't have to switch processors. Right. And then you don't have to change processors. You don't have to deal with your still system not working inevitably a transition a processor transition always comes with some hiccup or something that somebody didn't think about Mm -hmm. like you know random things like well my terminals always used to batch together and so it made reconciliation so easy but then i switched and we have seven terminals and every single one of them batches separately and 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 now I have to do the math and make sure it ties to my sales every night. Right. Oh now my God. My end of day, it's a nightmare. So that, that like hurts my heart because I used to work at a restaurant and my job is to like always like reconcile at the end of the day because I'm the accountant. <laughs> I always have been the accountant before I was the accountant. <laughs> Give Jamie the number stuff. Go figure. Um, you know, like that, you know, or I was, I worked in restaurants, right? your server, your job is to do your math at the end of the night. Right. Yeah. And I would do other people's math. Like they would just like pile them up and I would do everybody's math. Um, but you have to, it's fun for me though. I'd be like, Jamie, it doesn't tie. And I'm like, Jimmy, I'll find it. (laughs) I'll do it. I'll do it. This is before this is before I even knew I liked counting and math and making, you know, I always say like we put beans in piles. Like I've always loved the balancing of the beans like making sure all the beans balance is kind of my jam. Um, but yeah, creating like more headache for your people in the back and you're right. Like anytime we change a system, anytime we change a process, there's going to be things you didn't think about. I always use our, like we moved our phones to zoom before we had the option to text because we had a Google voice line, but we moved our phone lines to zoom. Zoom doesn't have a text option. I didn't even think about that. 
now people can't text us and I'm like, mm, do I care? I don't care, actually. <laughs> I think we're good. <laughs> Email us anyway. <laughs> I bet some people cared. Um, we only had like one or two clients that like insist on, like that That's really good. like prefer to text us. They got over it. Um, so I love that. I love that. It's just like, what is the easiest and like, you know, what, are, what are the things that are contributing to this rate? First of all, is there something we're doing potentially? Is there something the way we're taking things? Like it could be a blend of things that really create, um, like that savings for them. Um, and I know more services you guys are, you guys also more advocate, you guys look at this, you're monitoring this ongoing as well. Oh, so yeah, absolutely. you guys have a process in which like you're monitoring this month over month to, you know, if there's any mistakes or whatever you guys are saying. You have to, you have to, um, I was talking to someone yesterday and we were looking at her July statement and right there on the July. So there was an increase in July. Mm -hmm. So we knew we caught that, which was great. But, but so I was showing her, I said, um, Look at the statement message right here, like right at the bottom of this July statement, right? The one, the statement message that like nobody reads because nobody mm -hmm. has time. Mm -hmm. But it said right there, hey, uh, there were some changes to your rate. Didn't say what they were, uh, but there were some changes to your rate. So um, unless we hear from you in the next 30 days, um, we're going to just assume that you accept those changes and you're still locked into your contract. Mm -hmm. Okay. But you didn't tell me what those changes were. Then the next paragraph said, please make sure to thoroughly monitor your statement each month because you have 90 days to notify us of any errors, blah, blah, blah. You know, it just goes mm -hmm. on and common. And then the next thing common like that. And if you don't notify us within 90 days, then too bad, so sad, basically. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. it was a much more professional statement. No, that's fine. It's like your SOL. <laughs> <laughs> so like, we have to look at this every month because mm -hmm. we need to catch rate increases like that. Mm -hmm. And we have a little more time on like errors or whatever, but it's still not that much time. Yeah. So. So if you work with merger advocate, you have the ability to, you know, have you guys monitoring things, watching things, understanding, oh, yeah. you know, Everyone. what's, what's going to happen. You got, you got the, the negotiating nerds going through code by code for you. Yes, the negotiating <laughs> nerds, exactly. I love it. All right. Uh, what is the easiest way to find you or to connect with you? The easiest way is probably either email, which is C for Cheryl, and then my last name, McKenna, M-C-K-E-N-N-A, -N -N at merchantadvocate.com. Or you can just text me or call me Ooh. at 720-526-5318. And I do not use Zoom phones. So you can text me. <laughs> I always am like baffled that people give out their phone number but hey whatever works for you you can, uh, you can also email me an attachment of your merchant <laughs> statement email don't send it to me don't worry because there's nothing um there's there's nothing on a merchant statement really that you can that anybody can do anything with right there is one company out there who does post the bank account number 
but it doesn't have the routing number or the bank name. Maybe you just don't. Maybe block out your bank account number. Just, just yeah. I mean, put a little post-it on over it or something. It's fine. Yeah, you're fine. Um, so last question for you. What is the one thing a business owner um, should do today to better understand what they're paying in merchant fees? Well, they should definitely calculate their effective rate. Yeah, calculate your effective rate. For sure. And mm -hmm. I would say if it's anything over 2.5, Mm -hmm. Because remember, again, my, my record's 1.5. So depending right. on your volume, and I don't know if you, you might not even be anywhere close to eligible for a 1.5. There's mm -hmm. maybe it's just impossible because of the card types that you accept, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. but, All those Amex Blacks. I know. <laughs> but if it's over 2.5, then I would send a statement. It, it doesn't cost you anything for us to take a look. So mm -hmm. what's the, there's no harm. We we had a client and their emergency their merchant services were like so big one one month like because we just kind of eyeball them like we just kind of keep an eye on things for our clients as we do their books we're like what the hell happened like then we asked them they're like oh yeah there was a surgery and it was like an Amazon black or or an Amex black or something <laughs> and I was like wow I didn't even know that like it was like this massive fee to process it and I was like but we would think it would be smaller. Yeah, I was talking to um, a doctor the other day and I said, what happened between um, May and June? Like one month was 47,000 and one month was 111,000. Mm -hmm. And he is in Texas, in the city of Texas. And there's a lot of oil and gas and there's just a lot of, I don't know. I feel like it's more than oil and gas because he says to me that Sometimes people come in and pay for really big cases with just like wads of cash. I'm like, mm. okay. so sometimes they pay with wads of cash and sometimes they pay with credit card. But anyway, <laughs> okay. Your, your, your normal Jane Doe and Don Doe though are going to be trying to pay, pay with their, with their reward like card. I want to be like one of those people who looks under mattresses in that area. <laughs> Normally, I would not want that job. Have you watched Good Girls? Have you seen that show? <laughs> it's buried in the back. It's buried in the back. In Minnesota, guys. Or Michigan, wherever they are up north. And they're like burying money in the backyard. And I'm like, isn't it the tundra up there? Yeah. It's not very liquid. It's not a, liquid, a liquidity situation. That's <laughs> Cheryl, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. It was fun. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, or wherever you prefer to listen. If you learned something and found some useful information to apply to your business today, please consider giving us a thumbs up and a review. Until next week, be abundant. Be abundant.